The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul. And I'm Danny. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. You know, we've talked in the past uh, about some basic turbo upgrades, Danny, for your Duramax. And we brought on an expert from HTT, Jacob White. Really, it inspired a lot of questions for our bigger turbo guys, guys who are looking at, at getting into some real big singles. So we thought we'd bring Jacob back and have another go at this. Jacob, how's it going today? What's up, Paul? Danny, how the heck are you? Doing great. Thanks for coming on the show. You bet. Thanks for the second invitation. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we scratched the surface earlier, and now we want to really dig into it because of the requests. Absolutely, yeah. Perfect. And the, the requests have just been phenomenal. They keep coming in. Guys want to know more and more about these bigger turbos. So I thought yeah. we'd get started at the beginning. Can you tell me the benefits of running a big single turbo on your Duramax? Uh, obviously, the, the bigger the turbo, the more air we're going to get in that motor, the more power we're going to be able to support. Um, obviously, it's all about being able to control EGTs and, and supply enough air to support whatever fuel you're running. You know, if you're running a 60%, 100% injector or whatever, um, we just got to make sure we have enough air um, and volume going through that motor to keep that motor efficient and happy, you know. So, obviously, the main goal is more power. So, Okay, makes sense. Bigger turbo, more, more air, power. more power. I dig it. I can, Correct. I can make yep. that make sense. That's why we're talking here. <laughs> okay. What are the pitfalls of doing it? What, what are the problems with running a big single charger? A big single charger is going to have a bigger exhaust wheel on it, which is going to take more exhaust energy to get moving. And to get that exhaust energy that you're going to need, you basically got to have RPM. So running a big single versus a small single or a stock turbocharger, it's just going to take more RPM to get that turbocharger moving and to get it making boost pressure. So it's going to be a little bit slower to spool. So you're going to give up low end um, with the trade-off of gaining top end and, and maximum airflow at the higher RPM range. Okay. So that's the biggest pitfall with going to a big single. Um, the term big single is kind of, uh, can be taken a couple of different ways. You know, how big are we talking? Is too big? Um, you know, is an S300 a big single? I wouldn't say so. That's kind of a small single in my opinion. Once we jump up into the S400 stuff, we start, we should really start losing a little bit of the drivability. A lot of that can be made up for in tuning, um, torque converter, stall, all that kind of stuff. I mean, the whole setup needs to kind of be dialed in together to really make it uh, work as a package, um, but there are some advantages to the big singles. That, you know, you can make pretty good power with them. Um, it just depends on what you use the truck for, what RPM range we're talking about, you know, and, and where that power and torque band is going to be most useful for you. Okay, excellent. No, I get it. I mean, it sounds like the the problems that I'm going to have lag, right? So that that's a really common term that that's reference of how long it takes your t- turbo to become efficient. So when I get those. Correct. When I get those big singles, I'm into that S400 series. I'm really starting to get a lot of that top-end power. So if I'm drag racing, I can sit at a light and I can spool it up and launch. So there's no real drawback there. If I'm sled Correct. pulling, same thing. If I'm towing a trailer, it might be a little bit different of a story. Yeah, so give us, give us some reference. How big of a compressor wheel is too big for a normal daily driver? Or a towing rig. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of a loaded question because it all has to do with the, the, the overall package of the truck. But in my opinion, where we live at 4,500 feet elevation in the summer months when it's hot and there's just no air to work with uh, in the atmosphere, you know, uh, 
anything outside of an S300 is going to be really hard to drive here. Um, you know, an S400 on a street truck it, where I live is going to be tough to drive in the hot summer months. Um, so staying in the S300 frame is going to keep the truck drivable. But where you guys are at, obviously it's a little bit different situation. Yeah. Um, closer to sea level, the better those trucks are going to run, the easier they are for those big turbochargers to get the air they want. Um, so, I mean, a, a 467 is still pretty streetable on these trucks with the right tuning and trans setup. Um, the 472s jump up quite a bit on the Exducer on the backside of the compressor wheel. Um, and I think that's probably the, the, the verge of, of losing that nice streetability. Um, so I, if it were my truck, I don't think I'd ever go bigger than a 467. Um, but like I said, that would be at a sea level situation. I, I don't yeah. know that I would like that way that turbocharger drove on my personal truck at, at my altitude. So, just speaking of altitude, just so our listeners know, you're talking about our altitude. We're six to eight hundred feet above sea level here in Illinois, depending on where you're at. And you said you're forty five hundred feet. That's a huge, huge difference. Yeah. So that's right. why we right. talked about we'd love to have something like the ultimate call out challenge in the Midwest, something like that, so we can put the power down efficiently yeah i mean you're always at a disadvantage because as with the elevation because the air gets thinner um and as and and as temperature goes up you know as it gets hotter during the summer months the air um is just a lot harder to get through that motor so the turbochargers are less efficient the higher elevation and the hotter the temperatures so that makes sense less air to compress so they're less efficient i i think i could understand that i could wrap my head around it we, we've referenced here a few times, though, S300 and S400 frames. Mm-hmm. Can you touch base on that? Can you kind of explain to our listeners what's the difference between an S300 and an S400? Yeah, you bet. The S300 is is, is the smaller of the two. Um, it has a much, I shouldn't say much smaller, but it has a smaller shaft diameter, um, and they have smaller turbine wheel sizes. Um, the turbocharger itself is just a lot smaller than the S400, large, or smaller compressor cover and turbine housings. Um, so the S300, the largest turbine wheel you can get in that in that package is an 80 millimeter. Um, whereas with the S400, the smallest that is most commonly used is an 83 millimeter turbine wheel. So the S300 is gonna have more of your streetability, um, more of your daily driver applications for up to say 700, maybe 750 horsepower. Um, that's kind of stretching it for an S300. Um, the S400 can be run at anywhere from, say, maybe 500 up to 1,000 plus, um, depending on the wheel sizes that are used in it. But the, the S300 is just a smaller overall package that works really well on the Duramax, especially with the, the release of the brand new BorgWarner SXE line, which comes standard with a 360 thrust bearing, which will handle the, the higher boost pressures and the higher thrust load um, under a, a higher boost application, you know, say 35 to 45 pounds boost. Um, and they use a uh, forged mill compressor wheel as standard, so they've been working really well. And I actually run a 69 millimeter S300 on my personal truck, um, and it's it's making right around 740. And that truck is still very streetable at our elevation. Uh, I would have no hesitation going with that setup. Um, but when you jump to the S400, because it's larger, everything is larger: the bearings, the thrust. Um, the shaft itself, so it's a it's a stronger turbocharger, going to be more durable. Um, but again, with those larger turbine wheels, the larger compressor wheels, it's going to take more exhaust energy to get it going. So, we're always talking about drivability, and you mentioned that. 
And a lot of guys lean on the tuner to gain that drivability back. They just rely on the tuning to make that happen. But what else can we do to improve drivability? I mean, something to do with the torque converter and the fuel system. I mean, maybe go over that a little bit with us. What would you recommend to a first-time guy or a guy that's been around even, uh, what we can do just besides depending on the tuning? Uh, I am not a tuner by any means, and I am also not a transmission guy by any means. But I do know that the transmission, um, your gear ratio, and your tire size can play a huge role in how a big turbocharger works. Because, again, we're, we're talking about usable RPM range. Um, a big turbocharger needs more RPM to be able to work efficiently um, and spool efficiently. So um, big tires with stock gearing is going to hurt the drivability because you're always running a lower RPM range. Um, so if you're running a big set of 35 or 37-inch plus tires, you know, looking into a gear change like a 410 or, or even more depending on the tire is going to help that motor run a little bit higher RPM and help that turbocharger stay within its efficiency range. Um, as for the transmission, it's the same thing. We want to be able to, to swipe gears and keep that motor in a higher RPM range and a, a higher stall torque converter that will wait a little bit before it really starts applying the load to the motor to help that, uh, that big turbocharger stay lit. Absolutely. That's something that we've seen even on our, our shop trucks here at Duramax Tuner. Uh, I know we had the Duraburb with a Stealth 67.7 on it, and the initial drivability on it was great. Stock torque converter, stock fuel, it was it drove awesome. However, when we went to a higher stall converter and a little bit bigger of injectors and pump, we found that it, it really drove almost stock, and that's a big S400 frame center section with a 67-millimeter compressor wheel. Um, and a really tight exhaust housing. And that was the next thing that I wanted to hit on here is, I know from experience, exhaust housing and turbine size play a lot into drivability. Uh, And and drivability, I think we think a lot about lag and spool up like we were talking earlier. How do people kind of look for that? What's some good advice you could give to somebody who's looking for for a drivable big single? Uh, just like you said, the turbine wheel size and the, the AR of that exhaust housing is going to play the biggest factor. Um, in an S400, like I said earlier, the most common turbine wheel size is either an 83 millimeter um, or an 87 millimeter. The 87 millimeter works really well in the Duramax application um, at controlling drive pressure in the upper RPM range. Um, but the 83 turbine wheel will have a little bit better spool up because it's a little bit smaller. It takes a little bit less energy to get going. Um I believe that Stealth 67 uses the 83 turbine, um, and the AR, I, I don't know the exact AR of that exhaust housing, but in the Board Warner S400 applications, the, the smallest AR you can get with those is a .90, um, which is by far the most common for the for a streetable application. Um, as you jump up to a 1.0 or a 1.10, um, you're basically just moving the power and torque curve later into the RPM range to gain upper RPM performance, you're going to get lower drive pressure under wide open throttle situations, but you're going to give up that bottom end. So it kind of depends on what you use the truck for. A truck that's on the street, the, the, the smaller exhaust housing is definitely going to be the way to go. Um, again, you're going to sacrifice a little bit of top end for that drivability, but um, I think it's more than worth it on the street because we can try and limit the smoke out the exhaust pipe, leaving a stop sign or a stop lighter. You know, kind of control that smoke output. Absolutely. And the Stealth 67 runs a .80 exhaust housing um, 
which is the tightest of, of anything that I know of on the diesel market. But real quick, guys, we are just going to take a uh, quick moment here to listen to a word from our sponsor, Calibrated Power Solutions. Pardon the interruption. I'm Nick with Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com. I want to tell you about our Duramax Power Packs, the DT530 for the LB7, LLY, and LBZ. These power packs come with all the parts you need to make a safe, reliable 530 horsepower, including our DT750 built transmission. If you want to take your truck to the next level, 650 horsepower or higher, everything you bought in the DT530 power pack will give you the platform to build on, so you won't have to replace anything or spend your money twice. For more information, check out DuramaxTuner.com, click on the truck, and then select a power pack, or call 815-568-7920. And that's 815-568-7920. Now, back to the podcast. Excellent. And Jacob, we'll pick right back up where we had left off here talking about exhaust housings and turbine size. And really, as I think about turbine size, uh, it, it explains a lot why when we're looking at twin kits, we look at a larger turbine wheel and we look at usually a 110 exhaust housing. They come 132, I believe, from the factory. And we drop it down to a 110 to get it to spool up a little bit quicker. So can you can you kind of explain to our listeners why that is, why we see that change? We go to a bigger turbine, we go to a bigger exhaust housing when we move that S-475 from a single to a low pressure uh, in a twin kit? Yeah, I mean, basically in a twin kit, you're, you're basically, the idea behind it is to be able to have that quick low-end response that you get from running a small turbine wheel, a small turbocharger, but not give up that top-end power by running a big turbocharger. So we're, we're basically using a small turbine wheel and a big turbine wheel to broaden that power range. So we're going to start making power at a, at a low RPM. But with that big turbine wheel, we're going to be able to flow enough exhaust um, to make max power at the upper RPM range. So we're just, instead of having a, a single turbo application that's going to make uh, horsepower, say, from 2200 to 2700 RPM with a twin kit, we can bring that power band down to, say, 1500 RPM but extend it all the way up to 32, 3,500 RPM, depending on the application, obviously. Um, but we're, we're just going to be able to make that power band larger because we're going to take the efficiency of a small turbocharger and pair it with the efficiency of a big turbocharger rather than try and build something that can do everything in a single turbocharger. So the twin kits are usually just more efficient, um, better to drive on the street without sacrificing that top-end power. So... Okay. Um, on the exhaust housings, the 475 does come standard with a 132, um, and it is pretty common for a daily driver situation, the towing application, to drop that to the 110 or the 115 that's just been released um, because you're going to allow that big turbocharger to spool sooner in the RPM range. So um, in a towing application, it's great because that big turbocharger is going to make more boost and move more air at a lower RPM. So at, say, cruise, when you're towing your trailer at, 2200 rpm or 1900 rpm the big turbocharger is going to be putting more air through the motor which is going to give you better egt control so that's a great explanation yeah by picking the right ar it will you know impact your drivability and it is important to pick the right ar for your setup so can you explain a little bit more about that i mean if you got a guy that is towing let's say and maybe he wants he thinks he needs a 0.91 or you know a 110 really how would you help a customer um, by picking the right AR? Uh, it's kind of, it's just dependent on how they use the truck again. If they're towing with it, you want to be able to make boost and move 
as much air as you can at the lower RPM range um, because that's where you're, the motor's going to be running. You know, if you've got the cruise control set at 65 miles an hour and 1,900 RPM, you want to be able to move as much air as you can at that 1,900 RPM, keep your EGTs under control. Um, and so picking the exhaust housing to be able to do that is, is key. So a 132 housing in a twin kit um, may be most efficient at 2,400 RPM, where the 115 is going to be more efficient at 2,000 RPM. Um, so it just kind of depends. In a, in a hot street application, obviously, you're going to want to move that power band up a little bit. So the looser housing is going to be better for, for that EGT control under hard mode, wide open throttle, et cetera. So. Okay. No, that, that makes really sense. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, are large single chargers harder on the bottom end than a twin kit is at, at a similar power level? Uh, I would say no, because usually a large single turbocharger takes uh, a lot longer to get spooled. So your torque band really comes on strong later in the RPM range, which should be less um, I don't know what the word is. It's not going to hit those rods as hard at the low RPM range. So the, a stock motor will probably be happier if you're making the torque and power later in the RPM curve. Okay. So uh, I would say that the large single is, is going to be better on a stock motor than the twin kit just because of the, the torque at any given RPM. So we'll get cooler operating temps or cooler EGTs, I should say, at normal operations with a twin kit, but we're probably putting a little bit of extra boost on there earlier in the range, which is going to be Correct. harder on the on the rods and pistons. Correct. You're going to have more tor- torque at a lower RPM with twins, um, which, depending on how much torque we're talking about, can be catastrophic, you know? <laughs> you say it so nicely. Like, it can be detrimental and you will have the worst day of your life, right? I hear you. All right. Um, how reliable are these single turbos? Like, if I got a single charger making 800 horsepower on my Duramax, is it something I can expect to last as long as a stock turbo would have? Or should I expect it a refresh every so often? Uh, it depends on how hard you're pushing it to make that 800 horsepower. You know, an S400 is is going to be most efficient in that 45, maybe 50 pounds of boost. Um, once you get past that range, you're really going to start pushing the compressor wheel out of its map. And it's just not going to be as efficient, and you're just – you're compressing that air more than it really needs to be and just creating heat that you don't need or want. Um, and so if you've got an S400 that's trying to make 60 pounds of boost at 800 horsepower, it's definitely going to be harder on that turbocharger than uh, S400 making 45 pounds of boost at 800 horsepower. So it's all dependent on the thrust load and how much um, load is being put on those bearings and that thrust bearing. Um, pushing the compressor wheel into the center section or pushing the turbine wheel into the center section. So, um, you know, an, an S400 at 45 pounds of boost should live a long, happy life. Um, but it's all dependent on your um, condition of your oil. You know, if you're keeping up on your maintenance, changing the oil like you should, keeping the debris, contamination out of it. Um, you know, all of that stuff plays a role in the durability of a turbocharger. So um, in a twin kit, you know, these S400s, most commonly are, are going to make 25 to 30 pounds of boost in the twin kit um, as the low-pressure atmosphere turbocharger. And if that turbocharger sees clean oil, um, there's no reason that turbocharger should ever fail. I mean, the, that's a turbocharger that was developed for Class 8 over-the-road trucks um, that go 500,000 miles. Um, wow. Repeatedly. You know, so there's no reason that that turbocharger should fail on a light-duty diesel like a Duramax as long as it's 
being taken care of. You know, at 30 pounds of boost, that turbocharger should outlive the truck. All right. So, Jacob, you're a wealth of knowledge. We're barraging you with questions. We really appreciate you being so quick to answer. But you were talking about yeah, heat. And when you have a, a big turbo, does that equal heat? Um, not necessarily. I mean, it just depends. I mean, obviously, it's going to take more RPM to get it moving, so it's going to take more fuel down low, um, and you're going to have unburned fuel down low. So it's going to create more heat um, to get that thing spooled. So you'll probably see more EGT at the low RPM, but as that thing comes up on boost and the RPM comes up, the EGT should start to come down. So it's kind of walking a fine line on how hot those EGTs are going to get. Um, before that thing really comes on hard and gets the air moving to that motor to bring those EGTs back down. So there are circumstances where it's just too late. The the motor is already making 1,600 RPM or 1,600 EGTs before you even leave the line of the drag strip. You know, right. and then uh, yeah. it's going to spend that quarter mile pumping all that air at 45 pounds of boost to try and get those EGTs under control, and it may not happen. Um, you know, whereas with a twin kit, if it comes up on boost sooner, you know, you may be able to keep those EGTs lower before you leave the line um so i mean it just again everything is dependent on the situation of the the actual truck the tuning the trans setup you know everything comes into into play with egt so and you were talking about um tuners and how they can improve drivability but definitely if your truck has if we have access to your transmission control module that's definitely where we can really make it shine a little better and Absolutely. Uh, TCM control is is vital when you're stepping up out of a stock turbo size. Um, I mean, like we talked earlier with my personal truck, with even with the S300, um, running the aftermarket TCM tunes made it a whole new truck at this elevation. Being able to hold the shift out a little bit longer, a little later in the RPM before it hits the next gear, and then to downshift easier um, to shift from overdrive to four at less throttle input at a higher RPM range. Um, the turbocharger just works better. The engine is happier. Um, so yes, absolutely. Transmission control um, is key to making or breaking the drivability of that setup. So yeah, I tell people if you got big tires, big turbo, it's the best two hundred dollars you're going to spend on your truck. Yeah, true story. Is your TCM uh, I would definitely, tuning? Definitely agree. Yes, it's cheaper to uh, do TCM tuning than it is to change the fluid and the filter and the thing. Why not just get it? Yeah. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And I think for a lot of guys, too, once they understand what it does and raising the shift points and listening to information like you've provided, Jacob, about needing the RPM to keep your turbo efficient and stay in its efficiency island is really important because that's ultimately what it, the impact is for, right? It's good control, good feeling while, while you're behind the seat. It's what Danny and I are always talking about. These big turbo applications – Sometimes we do get into guys who are chasing a number. We do get into guys sure. who are doing a big turbo, and all they want to do is run it on the dyno. Or Did you all say they sometimes? Is, yeah. I, <laughs> I try to pretend like there's somebody out there who did it for another reason, right? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're, they're either they're, they're in a competitive atmosphere is when I see you really wanting to go to an S400 single turbo, right? And that's what I agree with you, Jacob. If, if we're in an S400, that's your big turbo. That's your big single turbo setups. Um these guys do need every last ounce of horsepower they can get. These guys do want to pull everything they can out of the truck, but they still need to drive it. And and so I think keeping on key with different ways you can improve your drivability is really important. But Jacob, you know you can't come on the show without us giving you some scenarios and asking for your suggestion. 
Sure. So I only put a couple together today. We're not going to drive you crazy with ten of them this time. Um, my my well, first what about one. You, I have like fifteen ready to roll here. I, we just ixnayed that. Oh. No, I'm just oh, <laughs> ask as many as you feel comfortable <laughs> with, Danny. Um, okay, Jacob. So first scenario, I actually just got this call today. I had a guy who called in. He's got an LBZ. 60% injectors, 10 mil CP3 pump. He really doesn't use the truck for anything. Like, he doesn't do competitive drag racing. He says he hits the strip about twice a year. He doesn't do any sled pulling, but he is obsessed with the idea of a big variable vein single charger. Now, I've recommended that he does not go with a big variable vein because, as you know, about 700 is all the horsepower we're going to squeak out of him. Right. Do you have and any recommendations? EGTs at that level are probably going to be insane. Tough. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. However, do you have any suggestions for him? What if we threw the variable vein part out? Is there a single turbo, a, a non-VGT turbo he could, he could maybe consider? And still be drivable on the street? Absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, the case in point, again, my, my LB7, basically the exact same setup that guy's running, 60% injector, um, a modified CP3, and the tuning to go with it. Uh, my truck makes 740 horse on the dyno um, and has done it repeatedly and, again, could uh, could hook up to a 15,000-pound, 40-foot travel trailer um, and yank that thing anywhere I want it to go in a tune that makes 450. Um, so, I mean, that, an S300, either the 66 SXE or the 69 SXE are going to be um, great for that application. With a 60% injector, I'd probably go to the 69 uh, just because I know that it's enough turbo. Um, for a 700 horse application, um, right. and it's very streetable. So, uh, I, I would also think that that, that Stealth 67 would be good in this application, depending on uh, uh, on being able to tune it and, and drive it. I mean, that, with that real tight 0.8 OAR um, and the wastegate in that setup, that turbocharger should work really well with that application as well. So, that's awesome. That's actually that's the exact route that I was steering him. So that makes a ton of sense. Okay, so how about how about the flip side of this guy? How about the guys who are just straight up on the dyno circuit? Those are probably my favorite guys to talk to about big single turbos. Uh, if I have, let's just say, an LMM, and I am balls out, I've got a motor build on it, I have no budget, I'll put in whatever injectors you want me to, I don't care about how it drives, I just want to make a big number on the dyno, fuel only. I, I know that hurts, Danny. It does. fuel only. Boring. Um, <laughs> what would you recommend for a turbo for him? In a single turbo application, um, the biggest that we've been doing is an 83 millimeter S400. Um, that turbo, that compressor wheel paired with an 87 turbine wheel and a T4 exhaust housing will do a thousand plus um, as a single. You're going to fight a little bit of spool up and getting that thing to light. Um, so learning how to drive it, learning how to run that throttle to get it going, um, and not be too far out of the RPM range once it goes. Um, will be key. It'll take some time to learn that. Um, but that turbocharger will do a thousand. Um, we got a local guy that did close to 1100 with that setup on the dyno. That's it's huge. not necessarily a setup I would ever want to drive down the street. <laughs> <laughs> I would but want to do it, it just a few same, times. It was the same situation. He wanted to make a number on the dyno in a single turbo class. Um, and that was the key. I think if we went any bigger, uh, by the time it lit, he'd be so far out of the RPM range and, and the peak power band that I think he would actually lose horsepower on the dyno because it would just be too late um, okay. once it started making boost. But uh, that 483 will, will will make some power. So, 
All right. How about how about my drag racers who want to be in a, a drivable S four hundred frame charger? They want something that's reliable and is going to last forever, but they need something that's that's going to actually be able to hit the track and and put down some times. Uh, what do you recommend for them? Uh, for that situation, I mean that stuff sixty seven has made eight hundred horse um, and is Hoorah. obviously drivable. Um, but BorgWarner has released their SXE line for the S four hundred just recently, which uses an all new Ken blade compressor wheel, forged mill wheel, um, and a 360 thrust bearing standard. And those turbochargers move a ton of air um, for their size, the 72 millimeter and the 76 millimeter. And both of those turbochargers are getting as great reviews so far. Um, we've got guys that have actually replaced the uh, the original style S475 T4 turbos with the either the 72 SXE um, and are actually making a little bit better power than the, the old 75 did. Um, while gaining some spool up. Um, obviously, there aren't very many guys that are going to drop from a 75 to a 72, even though you tell them it might make more power. They're always going <laughs> to try and go for, that, go for that bigger size. So Yeah, it's I mean, like they don't believe those, those, You know, they don't believe yeah. you for some reason. They can't believe <laughs> yeah, it. So, so, but again, for that situation, the 76 SXE um, and the 80 SXE are, are getting us really good feedback so far. So, Can I bust a myth real quick? I want to know, your 369 comes with a billet wheel, the 366 comes with cast or billet. What is the benefit of having a billet over a cast wheel? Um, in the Borg Warner line, in a genuine Borg Warner compressor wheel in the S300, the 66 FMW and the 66 cast are the exact same wheel. There is no difference in the, the profile. There's no difference in the fin design. So they're going to make the exact same power. They're going to move the exact same amount of air. The difference is the material it's made out of. The FMW is going to be stronger. Um, it is a more durable wheel than the cast one. Um, obviously, there are aftermarket billet wheels that use a different fin design, and that's where you start changing the airflow of the wheel itself. You know, the, the fin count going from a 6-blade, 7-blade, 10-blade, uh, um, that's what's going to affect how much air they flow. So... Just saying that you need a turbocharger with a built wheel means nothing to me. Right. Um, ha, because ha. we have we have cast wheels that are making just as much power um, and are doing just about everything that the forged mill wheels are because they're of the same design. But, again, the FMW is a stronger wheel. Um, so it is definitely a myth that billet is better. Okay. Um, that is not always true. And I have seen some of the aftermarket built wheels that actually lose power compared to an out-of-the-box Borg Warner cast turbocharger. Totally agree. Awesome to hear that because every time I hear the word billet, I always think billet to my credit card because that's what my whole truck's about. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's a, it, I think it started as a marketing ploy, um, and it worked. I mean, because that's where the market has changed. Borg Warner started offering the forged mill wheel because that's what people were asking for. They did not believe that a cast wheel could compete with a billet wheel, so Borg Warner answered the question and just started offering a billet wheel. Um Borg Warner has some very smart engineers um, and all of the equipment to test airflow and have developed a compressor wheel that works extremely well through the given RPM range that a Duramax would go under. So the SXE line um, in the S300 and S400s is working really well. Um, and uh, it works just as well as some of the aftermarket billet stuff and better than some of the aftermarket billet stuff. So. Such good information as always. Jacob, if people want to get in contact with you directly, how can they reach out to you? Uh, you can reach us at High Tech Turbo. Uh, the direct line at the shop is 801 304 
Um, you can also email me anytime. Um, I'm more than happy to answer questions on uh, on different setups depending on what guys need. Um, and my email is just my name, Jacob White, at htturbo.com. Um, and then obviously you can check out our website, um, htturbo.com, and Facebook um, to see what's, uh, what's new and upcoming or what we're working on. So, You know, we always appreciate you joining us, Jacob. Thank you very much for your time. Yeah, you bet. No problem. And for all of you listeners out there, please keep the comments coming. Uh, we could really use some more ratings and comments on our iTunes account. I just went through all of our YouTube and responded to all of our comments there. I'll tell you what, you know how to hit me up, Snapchat or Instagram. Snapchat or IG for Danny. Duramax Tuner, I run uh, help run both accounts. Absolutely. Uh, all in all, this has been a great episode. Thank you for listening. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Have a great day. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped tunes for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. To reach out to the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email Paul at DuramaxTuner.com or Danny at DuramaxTuner.com. Okay, makes sense. Bigger turbo, more, more air, power. more power. I dig it. I can I can make that make sense. That's why we're talking here.